episode of Liberty Downer Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer Soul. Well, before we do that, I have our question. This one is totally unrelated to anything we're going to talk about okay, today. Okay. But it's still, of course, related to the show. So, Brian has a very nice, like, well, it's a very small kitchen at the loft, but it looks to be well stocked. Yeah. Do you think that he cooks? Uh, Brian definitely does not cook, you know, <laughs> uh, but... In order to make his place, you know, beautiful, beautiful all around, he needed that kitchen aesthetic to look like that. Well, I know? think he's so, going to be top of the line of yeah, everything. Of everything. Yeah. yeah. So Brian is not cooking at all. I mean, he's ordering in the best of the best food coming in weekly. Or his uh, Thai food. Yes, or whatever. that part. But we have Sunshine who does the cooking. So right. when he's home and feeling, you know, romantic and just good, want to make Brian feel happy, you know, whip yeah. it up in the kitchen. But yeah. no, hell no. No, I Brian think Brian, is not cooking. I think if anything, it's either takeout. From the diner or something he orders to the house, yes. or he is making a sandwich or a cereal, or if I don't anything, even see him making a sandwich. If anything, he might make an omelet. That might be like yes. the only thing. That's like the go-to single man meal. <laughs> a salad. He's just gonna pour some out of a bowl, I mean, out of a bag into a bowl, bro. Yeah, just, but it would be something basic yeah, like basic. that. Yeah, he's not cooking. He's, I just don't see him standing over a hot no. stove for long. He That's will put together some food, but I won't call that cooking. Yeah, okay? I do feel like. If Justin wanted his help, then he would help him, like, cutting up some vegetables yeah. or manning one of the pots on the stove <laughs> or something like that. But on his own, nah. Nah, not no at cooking all. is happening. <laughs> yeah. But we start not in the kitchen. We start out at Babylon with Brian walking through the crowd and taking in the sights there. And we overhear these guys in the crowd giving him giving some high praise. Oh, he's amazing. Unbelievable. And Brian is like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then we hear, when did he move in town? A couple weeks ago? And now Brian's like, no, nah, that ain't right. No, that, that <laughs> so ain't right. Okay. They are actually talking about some guy named Brandon. Turns out it's the blonde guy from the last episode who kept stealing Brian's tricks and yes. uh, then turning him down. <laughs> and Brian turns to look at Brandon and Brandon just kind of rolls his eyes at him. Because he knows he's all up in Brian's head and in his territory. Exactly. Literally, figuratively. Yeah. That part. And I can't believe Brian is letting someone, like, I mean, he's visibly showing that he's bothered. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have, like, that competitive um, little grin smirk on his face that he normally yeah, has. Or, or like, he acts like he doesn't even yeah. see it, but he knows what's going yeah, on, you like, know, and he's I mean, behind the scenes clocking all these moves. True, true. So it's like, it's funny to see Brian, it's a shift in him right now. I feel like he's he's lost. He's letting this get to him so much he that is, he's clouded. He's definitely feeling threatened, and maybe mm -hmm. it's because he hasn't been threatened in this way probably since he was 18, since yeah. he started coming to Babylon, probably. Exactly. Because whatever guy was there before him, he's probably the one who dethroned him. He was the him. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the male um, lion pride, you know? Like, you can be the alpha for so long, but the young cub is going to come it's up. Gonna he's going to challenge you. Right. You know? <laughs> and either you're going to stand strong, ten toes down, or you're going to be uprooted and kicked at the pride. Right. You know? So, so mm. yeah, I Google, like, can you have two alphas? And that's really yeah, not a no, thing. That, not. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> Very rare. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they, they're puffing their chest out right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we also see Ben in a Hunter's room, and it looks like he's having a really hard time with Hunter's decision to leave in the last episode. He was the one who didn't like it, Ben was, but he wouldn't stand in Hunter's way. And it's not because he didn't care. I think he was just trying to do what was right by, by Hunter. And it wasn't about what made sense to Ben. It was about trying to meet Hunter where he was and understand that if he said this is what he wanted and needed, then okay, that's what it has to be. Michael comes in and finds Ben sitting there on the bed, and he tells him that Hunter was determined to leave, and there was nothing they could have done to stop him. And I think Michael can say that with conviction because he tried yeah. to stop him, and he tried to hold him down and pull him back, and you know said all this stuff to try to make him stay. And there was 
There was just nothing he could do. But Ben is still beating himself up over it because Hunter was his blood. That is the bond that they, the way that he feels about that bond, he takes it very seriously. Mm -hmm. And he tells Michael that he still has a healthy baby who will be loved, referring to Jr. of course. And he says she'll be sent to a good school and raised in a world where she'll have every chance and opportunity, unlike Hunter. And Ben feels like he failed Hunter. And so, of course, he's going to be... Uh, a bonus dad to Jr., but to him, Hunter was like was his was his. Like mm-hmm. we share the same blood. Like you and Jr. share that, and I share that with Hunter. And so I think he is going to take this pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty sad scene to see him sitting there all alone. Just, I mean, you could just see the worry, the frustration, the his wheels turning inside of his head, thinking about what he could have done or what he could have said to make Hunter stay. I mean, he like you said before, like we both know that. They both tried to keep Hunter, but yeah. it was the best decision to let Hunter make his own decisions to go because he was going to run away when he wasn't there anyway. He was never going to be happy. He he was going through something. He needed to work it, work it out for himself. He's also at the age where Justin was at the age, same age Justin right. was at, where Justin left, made his own decision, needed to become that man. Hunter's a smart kid, um, so I'm not worried for I'm not worried about his survival on the street. I'm worried about him regressing to back to what he what he left in the past, you mm-hmm. know, because he was making excellent strides forward and setting a better path moving forward. And it's just sad to see Ben and Michael, well, Ben especially, stressed over it. Like, I mean, you really get, you gave that boy everything that you could have given. You were a, a really, really good father. Both of them, they were good parents. Like, they accepted him into their heart, into their home, and they loved him. They even trusted him around the new baby. Yeah, I think that Hunter has endured a lot, even since being with Michael and Ben. Like, true, yeah. we know everything that he had going on before he found them, but he has endured a lot even since being there. That's when he got his diagnosis. Yeah. That's when Uncle Vic passed away. So he saw someone with an advanced stage of that mm-hmm. diagnosis pass away from it. For a little while, it looked like Ben and Michael were going to separate. And yeah. so he finally gotten used to that norm. And then it was like, okay, what's going to happen to me if they break up? And then he had his first sexual encounter that was not about money or survival with Callie. He had his first girlfriend, fell in love for the first time, got his heart broken, got all of his stuff spilled out. So it's just a lot that he... Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it's been a whirlwind for him. And it's like, he is so used to being able to depend on himself and stand on his own two feet and do what he needs to do to make it. And have his guard up so he can protect himself. Yeah, and now it looks like he was trying to trust in this new thing, and he wasn't wrong to do that, but it's like he's had no control. Like, all this stuff is just kind of mm-hmm. whatever. So I totally understand Hunter saying, I need to take care of me for a while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? just, and maybe just to prove to himself that he can still do that. True. I don't know. I mean, I think it was it, he needed to do this. I was happy that they didn't force him to stay. Yeah, and I think that's one of the hardest parts of parenting is kind of letting go and letting your child grow up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we see Ted, and he is still working on his revenge with Troy. And is it revenge at this point? <laughs> at this point, it's getting a little questionable. But later at the gym, he is telling Emmett and Brian that he's been getting that revenge over the couch, the kitchen counter, the coffee table. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. Emmett, who is all about the vengeance right now, is wondering when Ted is going to really give it to him. But Ted is enjoying all the deliciousness of waiting for the right moment. (laughs) Brian has a few words of wisdom to impart. And he says, people say revenge is a dish best served cold. But in this case, it's best served hot and hard and as many times as possible. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Emmett tells him to stick to the plan and the strategy. But Brian tells him to just keep sticking. (laughs) 
I like how they're like the two voices mm-hmm. on either side of his shoulder, you know, either side of his head. Yes. And they are similarly dressed. And I think that's because there's not a clear good or evil or wrong or right mm-hmm. in this situation. It really is kind of a tricky thing. It is. I mean, to me, I understand why you started out doing it. But now that you're continuously on this path of still, I mean, like, if you right. were going to get revenge, you would have you would have had sex with this guy. You would have fucked him. And then maybe twice because it was good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so maybe twice. And then just but be then, like, I'm done with yes, you. Yes, I'm toss him out like a rag doll. But now this is like a damn near whole relationship. And then it's not even about just hurting Troy. It's like, Ted, you are getting Hurt now. really tied yeah. up into this now. Yeah. Exactly. Because we all know your ass fall easy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, after the second one, you were in love. You ready to give the ring. You know what I'm saying? Ted part lesbian. He moved quick. So, uh, bro, you're setting yourself up for failure. Okay. You're not going to hurt Troy. You're going to hurt your damn self. Yeah. Well, we see Gus and Lindsay, and they are home. And Nancy Peterson's terrible self is there with what I am assuming are like gourmet groceries. Yes, girl. And she had no idea her daughter was living in such conditions. It's a perfectly decent apartment. It's a nice apartment. It's not like she's up in the shanty. Exactly. (laughs) And Nancy isn't understanding why Melanie has the house. First of all, it's none of your business. That part. But it was Lindsay's decision to leave, so that's what it is. And she has a newborn fool. And she and when this was going on, she was she literally was having the baby. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, so no. Nancy wants them to put the past behind them and she invites Lindsay and Gus to move back in with her. She says Lindsay can save money and they will have a chance to be a family again. When did Ron and Nancy decide to claim Gus? Oh, girl, you because... just took the words out of my mouth because you. She said, "Oh, I have a grandchild." She said, "Well, you have one," and she just rolled her eyes last yeah, time. Like talking about Lynette making yes. them grandparents. Like uh, you're already. Thank you. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. now now y'all want to rage? You want to claim something? Nah, baby, right. you got works to do. Okay, the baby doesn't know you. Right. I'm not sure if Ron and Nancy Peterson are named after Ronald and Nancy Reagan. I keep forgetting to ask right, that right. question, but it's possible that the writers have already talked about that somewhere, and that that's where they were going with that. I don't. I don't know. Over at the diner, Debbie is back like she never left. And she's dropping off food at the table where Emmett, Justin, Melanie, Michael, and JR are having lunch. Emmett tells them all about his producer making him a eunuch and after his last segment, remember? And his sole purpose is to entertain the white folks. (laughs) And he says, don't even call him a homosexual. He's a homo ineffectual. And apparently Pittsburgh isn't ready to accept that not only are gay men anatomically correct, they actually use all their parts. I love high drama Emmett. Yeah, I love. Because <laughs> he, he makes everything so dramatic. Yes, <laughs> okay. I love high drama Emmett. Um, Melanie has the newspaper and she says it's not only in Pittsburgh. She reads this article and it says Family America, a conservative-based citizens group, action group, uh, announced that They collected enough signatures to have Proposition 14 placed on the ballot in the upcoming statewide election. If passed, the controversial measures could dissolve a broad range of contracts between same-sex couples. Debbie is immediately riled up (laughs) by this, but Michael tells her not to overreact. The article continues, Opponents call Proposition 14 one of the most homophobic pieces of legislation in our country's history. It would effectively negate powers of attorney, leases, custody arrangements, joint bank accounts, and health insurance granted by companies that recognize domestic partnerships. And we will talk about that awfulness, but 
one time for the one time. Can we mention how Michael wasn't giving any of this any thought until they got to the child custody? Th- that part, okay. <laughs> he was like, oh, no, it's no big deal. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And when they got there, it was like, what? Yeah. No. That's everything. Please believe he does not want Lindsay's lawyer to come in for a second yeah, round. Yeah, none of them want Lindsay's lawyer to come in for a second round because she was bossed up. Yeah. Okay, like none of them want that. Debbie recalls hearing someone who sounded like Michael say, don't overreact. But Melanie says that's what some other people said once. And the next thing you know, they were shipping people off to camp. Facts. And I try not to compare or connect the struggles of two different groups. But what she means is you have to take stuff like that seriously. Yeah, you do. You can't be like, oh, this is going to be okay. We're going to sweep it under the rug. Nah, baby, don't sweep it under the rug. You need to confront that head on because when you close your eyes and blink, next thing you know, you're getting the yep. okie doke. That's what Brian said back, I think, in season one. Like, the minute we think that we're okay, we that we get comfortable, then you're dead. That's yeah. when they got you, yeah. It starts with some ink on some paper, and before long, it has escalated to a place you never thought it would go. Then over at Red Cape, Justin is unloading even more copies of the marriage issue of Ray, just still <laughs> selling well, Pop flying it. off the shelves, yeah. And he and Michael are still talking about the proposition from that article. Apparently, it's already been passed in Virginia, and a dozen other states are trying to do the same. Mm. Justin says if it passes here, it would destroy everything Michael and Ben have built together. Michael would lose his health insurance from Ben's job. It could invalidate their mortgage, which, you know, you wouldn't even think about that, uh, their mortgage on their new house. And no matter how I feel about Michael's actions lately, that's a pretty crappy Thing. Yeah, we don't want that. I mean, it just it was going to affect them for sure, but it affects everyone on a greater scale. Right. Greater scale. And then all the, the all the progress has been made just to get to that point, and then you're gonna and they're yeah. not even at equal yet. Yeah, and then know. you're gonna take what little progress has been made. I know. But in this proposition, and that's before we even talk about their plans to adopt Hunter. Like, mm-hmm. how are they gonna be? They're not gonna be able to do that. Um, Michael says it's not just him and Ben. It's what you were saying. It's Mel and Lindsay and the kids. It's Eli and Monty. And quite frankly, my dear, I don't care about Elante. No, exactly, girl. Elante. <laughs> but then Michael says maybe even you talking to Justin if he and Brian were to ever. Well, Justin scoffs at that and says that they won't. But Michael says you never know. Brian could mellow. We all know. <laughs> but Justin doesn't see that happening. He says, whatever that proposition would take away, Brian would never give him in the first place. As he's saying that, he is stocking, like I said, the marriage issue that has the has an image on the cover that is yet another dream of his that has turned out to be unattainable. Right. So, I mean, it's just really sad because he, had, on the other hand, his his fictional life, <laughs> the one that he kind of really wants, it was based off his his real life. It's it's booming. I mean, you can't keep enough copies on the shelves. People want to see Rage Mary, you know, Mary and JT. But in his in real life, I mean, he's sad. People want to see that progress. Yeah, people want. It yeah, it is. People, people want to see, see the hope of a future in that progress. And this is something that I can have. People want that. Let's touch on something a little deeper, right quick. So why why do you think? Because I mean, I know Brian said it, but let's dig deep into what he said. Why is it that Brian doesn't want to like why why I mean I know he thinks oh it's a straight man you gotta conform da 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 but why does he, he not yeah, believe in marriage yeah like he, he loves li- Justin though but but he literally believes that marriage is the death of a relationship he thinks as soon as you get married it's all downhill from there that's been his personal experience I mean look at Melanie and Lindsay I'm not saying he's right but in his mind he thinks if we get that's what he said in like five oh four maybe marriage leads to the death of a relationship and he's like I don't want that. I don't want I don't want to conform to what they think, but I also don't want 
to put myself in something that's destined to fail is what he thinks. True, and and I can get that maybe because you know I can you know he's not I, making it about Justin. Yeah, he's like that's no good general, for our relationship. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can kind of dig that, but what about the things like just normal relationship things that why he can't just give that though? Well, see, and here's the tricky part. That's not what's being questioned or asked necessarily. He is giving normal relationship stuff. He's not giving marriage, but in my mind, he's giving normal relationship stuff. He's True, like kind of ish. <laughs> well, they they live together. They roommates do too. Well, they are not living together as roommates. They're living <laughs> together as a form of a couple. Yes. <laughs> Listen, you know I love them together. I just I know, but I know I what you're so saying. Angry, but here here's the thing: they're painting this very near. They're only giving us two options. It's in that there's is, no gray area. They're not what, giving yeah. us gray area, and mm-hmm. that's on purpose. They I think the writers are aware that there's gray area. But they need to show us these two different perspectives. And so they're not even acknowledging gray areas. So I feel like they do. Brian is very okay with the gray area. But that's not. We're not getting those two options. We're getting. That's not being considered. We're getting. We need to get married. Or. We can break up. We can break up and you can be club boy. Yes. Whatever. (laughs) I don't want to put those words in Justin's mouth because we're going to talk about that later. But the show is only giving us two options right now. And people get frustrated with that. Because there is a lot of gray, like we said. Yeah, I, I want to. We need to dig a little deeper into that. You know, yeah. like it should have been shown a little deeper because yeah. nothing is ever just black and white. Ever, right. like nothing always, is ever, yeah, ever black and white. And there's so, that that in between that we need to get to. That's what a nitty gritty is, anyway. Yeah. But where we are right now in five oh seven, gray is not being presented. Yes. We're getting black or white. True. So. All right. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that up. I love when you bring things up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I want to point this out. Because we love to get down deep into stuff and just kind of lose ourselves down there. This all has real world application, of course, at that time and even now. But we're going to deal with it back then. So early 2000s. This was during George Bush's America. Uh And just about all of the queer people that I've talked to who were adults during that time say that was a very scary time for queer people. Uh And as far as the political climate and the social climate, that was a very scary time. For, for them, where laws were being passed and things were being rejected or repealed or whatever. So it was a very scary time for a lot of queer people in the early 2000s. And they've been hinting at this all season. It was the political climate that made them pull the movie Rage. Remember, they say, like, yeah. this is in right now. We got to We got to pull this. Uh, some developers wanted to buy the lease at Babylon to put up a shopping center. Emmett got lectured for being a three-dimensional gay man. Right. And there's all this pressure from even the clones within the community that are saying, tone it down, don't stand out, don't be too different. And so that is very much a real thing that was happening at the time. So Ron and Dan, the showrunners and creators of the U.S. version of Queer's Folk, of course, they wrote a letter right before these episodes were released. And they said, this is a quote from, I'm going to be quoting from their, their letter, With the last election, the advancement of gay rights has taken a severe setback. The issue of gay marriage has ignited an explosion of invective, hatred, and prejudice. Constitutions have been changed in at least a dozen states to prevent gay people from ever having the right to marry. In Michigan, a law may soon pass that permits doctors to refuse to treat gay people. Now, this was all over 15 years ago. Okay, that's not even long ago. I know, I know. The letter goes on. And unbelievably, the president wants to change the constitution of our country to prevent certain citizens from having the same rights as others to legally create a second class citizenship. 
So that's how they announced the season. When they rolled out these episodes, it was preceded by this letter. So they were really making it making yeah. it clear. This is what we're about to talk about. <laughs> you know, we've mentioned it before. These were gay men who were right for the most part. These were gay men who were writing these episodes. And I think they had a lot to say, and they didn't want to squander this platform. No, I mean, like, <laughs> that was it. Like, this is the time you have to seize the moment. I think they jeopardized themselves for a greater exactly. cause because they could have backfired on them like crazy. Exactly. Well, I've told you, I've, I've mentioned on here before how they were in an unmarked office. So that oh, nobody yeah, could exactly. find them because mm-hmm. they were being threatened. And I almost feel like they are like Emmett, right? You know what Emmett's going yeah. through? Where... They could just keep it cute and funny mm-hmm. and lighthearted with these episodes, or they could tell the truth, the yes. whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And they were like, we got this many episodes before the camera turns off, and so we can put it out there. Right. That's that's just crazy to, to even know that. I need to do better in my gay research. I need to do way better. Ugh. I guess I was trying to stay under the radar, you know, like be... You said conform and not be seen. I want. I didn't want all the, the extra pressure on me because right. I already knew how difficult it was. Well, you wanted to make it easy for everyone around you. Yes, like, around me. Just accept me. Oh, I'm fine. I'm just like you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Looking at Justin at that age and then versus me, it's like, damn, I did nothing. And he, he was at every rally. I mean, from age 17 and up, yeah. you know, like the boy has been in every rally. I mean, doing all he can do for the community. And I wonder if I would have done the same. If I would have been aware, because I never went to that area that was for us, I didn't have any gay friends. I feel like I had no one to talk to, so I didn't I didn't really know how to express. I didn't even know where to go for anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just until recent years when I started working on the strip that I was able to find out what the resource centers um, resource center was, how it helps um the people out in the area, what it does for the the runaway kids and you know just the struggling teens and things. But yeah, I mean like yeah, dang. I learned more history in doing the research to cover these episodes on this show than I ever knew about. Exactly. Yeah. I know George Bush. Oh Lord, I'm not gonna speak. I know we don't. We but, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, bless his heart is what I'm gonna say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes, this is a show, um, and its purpose should be to entertain. But these writers were brave, and not just because they were putting naked men and butt stuff on TV, but because they were talking about real stuff happening that affected people in the queer community and it wasn't just like bullshit issues they were talking real serious issues yeah i mean things that needed awareness you can pull up the article and you can see where you know this proposition 14 is basically them kind of combining all these various laws that were happening across the the u.s that's where they and they just lumped all that together and they're they're calling it proposition 14 right but these were real things that they were talking about you gave a comparison a couple weeks ago maybe last week girl they all run together to me uh, but you gave a comparison about Will and Grace versus um, Queer as Folk. Will and Grace would be the ones, would be that Emmett, the one they would just keep a cue. What I love about this show, like you said, they pushed the limits. They brought awareness to, um, damn, I wish I could have seen this because I would have been out there writing letters too. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, serious issues, pushing the envelope, jeopardizing themselves. I mean, Showtime could have said, you know what, we're pulling the plug now. We're not even going to air the rest of the episodes. Yeah. You just never know. Like, they could have been like, no, nah, the contract is over. We're done. I mean, like, yeah. but they really... Well, even taking a risk with their audience. People don't care about this. They want to see more of Emmett. They want to yes. see more of Brian, more of Justin. They want to see, you know, that's what the audience wants. It's like, I know I'm supposed to care about those issues, but I just want to talk about right. these couples and these friends. True. <laughs> you know, so they were even taking a risk that their audience was going to stick around, knowing that this was the last season and this is what you're spending your time on. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was a brave, a brave Very choice. Very brave. That was a good conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Lindsay is at Mel's place, and she is telling her about Nancy's offer. Melanie is not in favor of this 
plan. They may be her family, but they have never accepted Lindsay or her children. And she just sees like, "Mm, I don't see that going well. Lindsay wants to believe they have changed and she is happy that they want to get to know their grandson. What about their granddaughter? But okay. Lindsay has um, another argument that getting rid of the apartment will help them both financially. But Melanie isn't sure that the price is worth it. And man, if adulthood has taught me anything, (laughs) sometimes it is worth the cost. You know, your peace of mind, your sanity is worth the cost. I'm a pay. Yeah, yeah, I'm paying. (laughs) I I need I need my sanity. Okay, I need to be I need my like you said, peace of mind. I'm going to always need that period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Yeah. And I I mean, come on now, girl. Like, I know that's your parents and you want to have faith in them, but they have never shown you anything different. And why was she even in your apartment? Makes no sense. She never came to the house. Right. She couldn't do anything for the wedding. She never acknowledged your son. Yeah. But now that you're going through a breakup, she she's there, like, bringing mm-hmm. over the wrapped roast beef. Yeah. The, the good shit that I like. <laughs> but, uh. The fancy jeans. Yeah. It's like, yeah. girl, like, no, it just, it doesn't make any sense. When I saw her there, I was like, hell no. So I'm, I'm right there with, Lynn, I'm with Melanie. I'm like, baby girl, the grass is not greener, Okay. I give you that it's all type of snakes in those grasses. Okay, okay, like like don't don't do it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I Period. think I think it's very honest to have a character who doesn't want to give up on their parents. We got that with Justin, with Brian. We've even seen it with Lindsay before. And but Ron and Nancy's timing and the circumstances going on right now make this all seem very suspicious. Every to pa- me. every character we've seen that tried, didn't want to give up on their parent minus one. Mm-hmm. They were um, proved wrong. <laughs> Brian, we saw what happened to Joan and Jack with yeah. Brian. That's terrible. Okay. Um, and then look at Lindsay. We know exactly how their parents are. Wouldn't even do shit for the wedding at all. Nothing. Yeah. No baby. No, no nothing. The only person that was good was Jennifer. Was Jennifer, yeah. Who Craig went is against still trash. Exactly. Who went against Craig because she loved her son more than she loved her ratchet, ugly ass, good for nothing, <laughs> dog, dog ass, rat face bastard ass husband. But that's Correct. all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I was thinking, well, you know, some people are are better at making amends when they feel like they have something to offer. It's like, ooh, they got a situation going on. Maybe if I come in and I can help with that, maybe that paves the way for us to reconcile. So maybe Lindsay feels like if they are willing to admit they were wrong, change their minds, learn from their mistakes, then she owes it to them to give them a chance. And if they genuinely want to do those things, then yeah, maybe give them a chance. I'm happy that they um, extended the offer to come stay. But I wouldn't have just given everything up that quickly. Like, you don't know them yet. Let's court each other again. Let right, me get to know you, real. Mom. Let's I don't know you anymore. Let's start with some play dates. Yes. <laughs> Come get to know Gus like this. Let him warm up to you because moving into your house? No, I don't know just yet. You know, yeah. so let's warm up. Theodore decided to go with Brian's advice regarding Troy, and it is quite athletic. I mean, the handstand is what Ray? really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Brian who? Because, I mean, I think he's taking every note Brian has given, and he's applying it now. Okay? Yeah. Like, the handstand. The, and I love how they're so versed. Like, one moment I you do, see I Ted, did love yeah. that, that, that it was ver- You got yeah. to see the reverse in there. Yeah, yeah, that was verse. I was like, wow. Okay. Because that makes it feel not as, like, sleazy or yeah. crappy mm-hmm. on Ted's part. Facts. Uh, that might be a wrong, some wrong logic on my part. But, but no, it, just- it doesn't. Because it's like they're both connected. It's really, it's more than just... A romp. It's pleasure. Well, it's it was... not just that Ted is trying to take his pleasure from yeah, exactly. Troy. He's no. giving Troy pleasure also. As well, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, oh, no. Like, it was It was just... It was, mm. Ted is sexy to me. I'm probably the only person who ever said that. But, oh, no, uh, I think... Well, because I think Scott Lowell is very handsome. Exactly, So that, of course, yes. Is, is, yes. is Ted. Yeah. Well, you know how I feel about that. 
Um, but I guess y'all am not. I am not a horn dog always. I swear. Okay, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, Emmett and Brian are there in Ted's condo, and Emmett is telling him to send Troy away. But Brian is telling him to keep going, and it's just kind of this back and forth thing with them. And Troy asks Ted if he has something to say. Well, Ted does, but he just wants to know if Troy would like to go to Babylon tomorrow night. I'm glad he didn't give it up. I mean, for once, he the way it all happened is shitty. Yes. You know, like, I know why you're with Troy. It's shitty. But it seems like you guys are actually forming something that's really good. The, the chemistry is there. It started out something terrible, but sh- I mean, like, damn, like. He's giving him like a little bit of grace. Like, yes. Well, maybe he's ch- and maybe he li- maybe Ted is lying to himself, but something is telling him. Well, maybe you know. Let's just give us a little more time. True. A little more time. Keep and I, I think it. he should because I mean, like Troy's putting in the effort. Every time we see Ted, we see fucking Troy. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, the boy is with you always. You're doing something right. Maybe Ted got you know what I'm saying nine point five inches over, <laughs> over. You know what I'm saying? And Brian only got them nine because, oh. I don't know. Ted is killing the game right now. <laughs> I don't killing know. the game. Yeah. yeah, but we will we will keep waiting to render a judgment on on that whole deal. Brian makes it home from the club and Justin is sitting on the couch chilling. Um Brian comes in and gives him a smile and it's a sweet smile, but I think it's also one that is I don't know, it's got a softer kind of look to it. Then he goes to the kitchen and grabs some water. And we get this flashback of him pouring the water over yes. himself from 101. Uh, Brian starts telling him about his night, that the club was packed. There was barely any room on the dance floor. And Justin is giving these half-hearted responses until he says, whatever happens, by all means, keep on dancing. And his intent behind that is probably pretty clear. Um, Brian knows Justin has something on his mind, and he tosses out a mostly sarcastic, what about you, dear? How was your evening? And um, Justin's evening evening wasn't nearly as exciting as Brian's. He spent it at the loft alone thinking, and he made some decisions about his life. And this is all giving me season two. I think it was like episode 18 or 19. And it's also giving me 414 when Brian told Justin he had made some decisions after having some time to think. And I really don't want to do this, but we have to do this. (laughs) So Justin has made some decisions about what he wants. And Brian, who was standing across from him, now walks over to stand beside him. And he says he thought Justin had already figured that out. He was going to live off his Hollywood money and try his hand at being an artist. Well, Justin thinks that Brian's mocking him, but he's not. And Brian says, you're making me nervous. Tell me what you want, what you've decided, so we can go to bed and do other stuff. Well, I really think that Brian is nervous and scared at this point. Yeah, no, he's nervous and he's scared because Justin hasn't been giving him what he needed for the last couple of episodes, you know, a week. So, and, and when Justin says he made some decisions, you, he already knows where it's going because yeah. he know he knows where the conversation has been for the last couple of days. And he or knows weeks what or, is circling yeah, around them exactly. Right now. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows what's up. So, I mean, yes, he's nervous. He's scared because. Brian is going to be Brian. He's going to stand 10 toes down on what he believes and what he wants, you know? So and he knows what the outcome possibly could be if it's the conversation that he's dreading or thinking that it's going to be. Yeah, know? well, because he's scared that this is going to be a lot like the conversation they had in season two mm-hmm. and that Justin's going to ask for something that he can't or won't give him. Because he can give. Yeah, or that Justin is going to decide that what he wants does not include Brian. Right. Justin says, you already know what I want. And this is what we've been saying for a few episodes. Brian has known that a reckoning was coming, I I think. 
Plus, Justin has already told Brian what he wants, maybe directly or indirectly. We didn't really get to see that conversation, but he says, you already know what I want. Um, Plus, there's been enough cues, so this isn't a complete surprise. And Brian says, a husband, a family, a home. But Justin stops him before he can get his sarcastic tirade started. And Justin says that he knows Brian can't give him those things. Brian says it's not that he can't, it's that it can't implies that he's incapable. It's that he won't. Well, Justin can accept that. And he says it's why he's always loved Brian. And I think he's just saying, like, I know you're a man of your convictions and you stick to them. And I've always admired that about you, even to my own detriment. Sometimes. Yeah, that is not admirable. Like, I don't, admirable. I well, don't a person like who is who they are, that's admirable. Girl, I mean, yes, but... To me, love He's is, not evil. It'd be one thing if he was that's evil. That's evil and, to no, me. That's a evil. low grade of evil. That's a low yeah. grade of evil because no, you No, to are be who problem. you are and to like know what your limits are, what your boundaries are, what you will and won't do. Baby that's girl, not evil. you can change Brian, okay? Always on his own. Never believed in love. Never wanted to, you know what I'm saying, be in a relationship. But you and you found Justin. You changed. Why the, can't you give the boy what he needs? People can change. People can change. I'm not saying... I'm not saying that you can't change. I'm saying, but even in that change to know, okay, this is where I'm at now. And this is what I'm going to be now. This is what I'm going to give you. What I'm not going to give you. This is who I am. But he's so that, that, that doesn't it. mean that you're not changing. That's just no, being aware of what is true for you at that moment. I, I can dig that because, you know, I'm going to be true to myself too. So I can dig that. But his delivery is awful. Like it's awful. It makes me sick to my stomach when I hear him say the things that come out of his mouth because I know he's really fighting them on the inside because. You love this man. You just can't even say, I love you. I mean, we, right. you know it. I know it. The entire yeah. audience knows this man loves this boy, but you just can't get the words to but come Justin's out your mouth. But Justin's not asking him to say that. No, yeah, he's not. But I'm, that's just a small example right. of, like, you could do things like that. You can. You Matter of fact, if you would just meet the boy a little halfway, I mean, not even halfway, a third. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a quarter. Mm-hmm. You just meet him a little. Just one more step, bro. Yeah. I think he would be content. But it's the fact that when you say that, I won't, I can, but I will not, and I won't do this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like... It's harsh. Yeah, it's That's harsh. That's harsh. The, the, yeah, you can explain why you... Here's why I'm not going to do that, or here's why I don't believe in that. Like we were saying, I believe that that... Like, what we have is good and fine, and we can have a future with this. I don't think it has to be attached to a marriage. Exactly. You can just say that. True, because let me tell Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell never got married, and they they still together... All these damn years later. And that's real life. But what I'm saying, so everything, it doesn't have to be defined by marriage. But I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, relationship is is a little bit about sacrifice because you're you're blending two lives. They're never going to be the exact same. They're never going to be perfect. So you do have to sacrifice on something. What I feel happened, and I'm not, I love Brian too. I've grown to love Brian because if you go back to season one, I hated his best. So, but I've grown to love Brian over the seasons. Um. I feel like Justin made a lot of sacrifices. You know, yeah. Justin Justin himself made a lot of sacrifices. And Brian has sacrificed, too. He has. Um, he has, too. But it's just, I don't know. I feel like Justin conformed a lot and changed a lot just to be around Brian. And that was his choice. He was he was, he was a, a man making his own decisions to be around this guy. I, I, I don't know. I don't we know. Gotta, we got it. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, keep going. let's do the rest keep going. of it, and then we can talk about it some, some more. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to jump into this. Yeah. Well, Brian says, oh, yeah, me being the untamable beast. And I don't know that he likes that label, though. Anyway, Justin goes on. He says, but to be a couple, 
Both people have to want the same things to move in the same direction. If they can't or won't, they really have nowhere to go. And Brian says, probably not. And Justin says, then why are we still doing this if we both know it's never going to work? And Brian doesn't know. And that get that validates the decision that Justin made. And Brian's face here, I feel like he's trying to keep it together, yeah. trying to tra- stay true to those convictions and beliefs and trying not to cry. And but his Justin. world is crumbling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, it's crumbling. You know it is. Yeah, and he's not going to interfere, though. He's not. Your decision is clearly made. And he's not going to interfere with that. And it's not because he doesn't care. He's Mm -hmm. not being indifferent or callous. It's just kind of that thing where it's like, okay, well, you made your... It's almost like Hunter situation. You're like, you made your decision on what's best for you. And Yeah, I'm going to rock with you. I don't like it, but yeah. yeah. Um, Justin has already packed his bag. And Brian watches him walk over to retrieve it. And there are more things that Brian could say to stop all of this, but... It wouldn't. It might not be genuine in the moment, and it might not be the right thing yeah. at this moment. And Justin probably wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with this with this breakup, it wasn't sad to me this time because I just feel like they're both in, in a good place in relationship, and they they both know what they want. Like Justin's older now, you know, so they know what they want. When I saw the bags packed, I knew it was coming, but I, my heart wasn't wasn't broken by it this time. Like I mean, yes, I, I never want them to break up because they're so good together. But I understood, you know, it was it was a softer blow for me. Season two, I was ready to like to jump through the screen, choke somebody, you <laughs> yeah. know. I just I just couldn't. But yeah, but this one was better. Yeah, Brian sets his water down and goes over to catch Justin before he's out the door. Justin wraps him in a hug, and it's really their most mature mature breakup, which we're going to talk about some more. Uh, Brian wants to know where he's going, and Justin says that he'll figure it out. He tells Justin to let him know. And to me, it looks like he's blinking back tears mm-hmm. as he's hugging him. Um, and then Justin closes the door to the loft and on them. And yeah. And, you know, when Justin is getting back up from being knocked down by life and he will always get back up. But when he's getting back up, his first thing is like denial. He's like, no, nah, it's yeah. fine. Oh, I'm so good. I'm still, you know, everything's fine. And then it gets a little harder for him to pretend. And then something may remind him of a path that he abandoned. And I think part of him goes, oh, yeah, I wanted that. Why did I give up on that path? Right. And right now where he very much is without a path, like he is very untethered. He has no yes. direction, no path at all. And so it makes sense why he is thinking like this. Now, we'll deal with the marriage part of it later. But I get why he is like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing in my life mm-hmm. right now. Because no one's saying he wants to be married right now in a second. He was just saying in general, these are the things that in the future I could want. So he's thinking about, could Brian ever give me these things later on in life? Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, go back to season two when this is when he was really dealing with some PTSD, even though he doesn't even really know that's what he's dealing with. And he's in this relationship and things are going good, but he's kind of got this need to feel secure and safe and stable, definitely in his relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's when he and Brian make their rules and then we see him go out to with and he meets that guy at the hetero hop yeah and the guy is immediately like oh we can be in love now we can be boyfriends and justin's (laughs) like no but it reminded him oh yeah i used to want that yes and so this is the same thing he's seeing what michael and ben have and then now everybody's kind of fighting for that with this Mm -hmm. proposition 14 thing is like oh yeah i used to want that and so that's kind of what what's triggered yeah Mm -hmm. bringing it back up too um, but also when you go back to what he said earlier in this episode at Michael's shop, he says, you can kind of see the minute he realizes he's at a crossroads when he says, 
whatever that proposition would take away, Brian would never give me in the first place. It's like Justin wants to be a part of this fight in this conversation and he wants to contribute to this cause. But but what would I be doing it for if I'm going to fight for the right to have these things that I'm never going to be able to get if I stay in this relationship? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. So homophobia has taken a lot from Justin in just these last couple of years. Most recently, his movie deal. Damn it, it took away his art. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and now people want to take away these other options from right. him. If he stays with, with Brian, like I was saying, he'd be fighting for something that he would never reap the benefits of anyway. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a fight that he wants to be a part of. And he wants to at least have the option. I think that's the most right. important it's thing. He option. wants to have the option to have the things this bill is threatening to take away. And he doesn't want homophobia to take that choice from him. And I think it kind of extends beyond that and becomes, I don't want anything or anyone to take that choice from me. And mm-hmm. that includes Brian, you know? Um, he's kind of he's kind of collateral damage yeah. in that. Yeah. <laughs> and his current relationship would take that choice away from him. So, like you were saying, I don't think he wants to get married tomorrow. Yeah. Like, at not. all. But I think he wants the option. Um, and I think the reason that he is pushing for it right now is because what we've said, he's needing to feel tethered and secured mm-hmm. and, and stable and significant in that relationship again. True. And he's also at an age, too, where you're yeah. always searching for something. You want to be, you want to grow. You want to be a part of something. You want to you have that vision. You want to have some type of life purpose, a plan. He's going to continue to be searching and growing and doing things yeah. like that. So I mean, who wasn't doing yeah. that at 21, 22? Exactly. We all were. I'm still doing that in, in life. So I feel like it's very appropriate. And then look Everything is different. When we met him, it was, I'm going to art school. Yeah. Well, that didn't that didn't work out. Well, then he got back into art school, but then he got the movie thing. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to forego that mm-hmm. path to be able to do this path. And then that didn't work out. So, okay, well, now what, what, do I, what do I do? And something that is actually, I heard Randy Harrison say this in an interview. Now, it wasn't about Queer as Folk. So right. get that out your head right now, people. <laughs> it wasn't about Queer as Folk. I know that he says things about the show that are not bad, but this wasn't about that. This was about a play that I watched of his that he was in it was I watched it virtually I wish I would have seen it in person but anyway <laughs> he said about the characters in here and I feel like it applies to this situation if the people in a relationship can't have a conversation about the future there is nowhere to progress to yeah and so I get it <laughs> like yeah that's why I feel like I agree with you this is their most mature breakup it was because staying in this relationship in this way and with with what they both have going on it wouldn't have been fair to either one of them. Mm-mm. They would be restricting the other person to their interpretation of what a relationship should be. And with that in mind, I think it's actually a very loving and respectful thing that they did to True. part ways. Because I think, like like what you just said, restricting, I think the only person who would have been restricted would be, would be Justin is because he wouldn't put those restrictions onto Brian, although that's what he would want. And he would stay in hopes that maybe Brian would give him what, you know, maybe one day. Uh, I would get, I but would even get this. that is restricting that pressure yeah. from somebody knowing what they want from you. That's True. restricting. Okay, you're right on that. But I feel like Justin is the type of person who really doesn't articulate it. Like he would. I mean, he says it sometimes in in a certain way, but it's not like it's an everyday thing. Like if it was Michael who wanted it, oh, you yeah. know, Michael, yeah, you're hear about in it. your ear, he was gonna spill your 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 spaghettios out. You know what I'm saying? Into some shit like that. But uh, the only person to me in my in my eyes would be restricted would be him because he would still let Brian go out and do his thing. You know, he would never complain about it. like even when although he still wanted Brian just to see him, he was like, yeah, okay, you're going to get another trick. What else is new? How was it? How was the back room? I mean, he still was supportive to what they have going on. It, he would just put himself in a box. He would be miserable because he 
he wouldn't be able to say anything to Brian about you know what he's doing, but he's never going to get what he wants. So that's the only to me that's the only person who would be restricted. Yeah, I feel like they would both be though. I, but I totally agree, Justin would be, and his mm-hmm. would be more obvious. But knowing, but the unmet expectations, knowing that you're not meeting that person's expectations, that to me that Bri- creates it, a lot of pressure. Yeah, and it would, and it would hit Brian too because Brian's very smart and I, and he is a caring person. It's it's caring as much as he can be, you know, or or he will let out, yeah. you know. So. um Brian would see it, and he would try to do other things to make up for the lack of emotion on that end. You know, hey, let's go on a trip. Hey, let me take you to the back from Babylon. All right, I'm going to bring five guys over here just for you. Yeah. You know, he would try to make up for it, but, I mean, it wouldn't be the type of makeup that Justin would right. need. Right, yeah, it just wouldn't be, yeah. Watching this breakup, I, to me, this wasn't an ultimatum. I know some people might feel like Justin Uh-oh. was like, you give me this or I'm out of here. This Mm-mm. wasn't an ultimatum at all. I didn't get that vibe either. Yeah, he already packed his bag yeah. and he'd already made this decision on his own. And you might say, well, why didn't they have a conversation? Well, he already knew. He says, I know what you think about this and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I accept how you feel about it. So for me, I'm going to do what I need to do. Yes. Pack my little stuff. And that's why it was the mature breakup. Like that, that part, that, those words, it was like, okay, this man really thought about it. He outweighed, he weighed everything out. He was not just acting very quickly. Like, I mean, he had time to plan this out, think about it, go over three or four times. Am I making the right decision? Like he knew and he knows Brian in and out. He just wanted to let him know, like, hey, I understand, but I have to do this for me. Like, yeah. I, and we know for a fact this boy still loves him. He loves oh, everything yeah. about him. He's not going anywhere. Like, I mean, he's going, but he loves him. Like, and that's never going to change, mm-hmm. but he still has to do this for himself. Yeah. Like, there is compromise in relationships, and love does conquer a lot, but there are also some things that you just can't work around. Yeah. And, like, if I want kids and you don't, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Only have the kid there when you're not home? Right. Or... Or have like that 0.5 kid that they talk about, have half a kid. Like, we can't do that. Somebody's not going to get what they want Mm -hmm. out of that situation. And that may be unfair to both parties for me to not get what I want and for you to have something you don't want. And so that's what this situation was. Mm -hmm. So, um, but even more fundamental than that, I think to Justin, it was, again, the rejection of the conversation and the option. Yeah. if we can't even do those things, if right. we can't even have a conversation about the future or whatever, that's fine. Yeah, we're, but we're but going that nowhere. means we're not going to progress mm-hmm. to anything. And I want to know that we're going to progress to something. True. Part of that is logical and reasonable and makes sense. But also a part of that is being fueled by what else is going on in Justin's life right True. now. To go off of what you're saying, King, you're right. You know, Brian is quick to say what he won't do, but he doesn't go into what he will do. He doesn't offer, I'm not going to give you marriage. I'm not going to give you a house in the suburbs, but here's what I am committed to in our relationship. Like he doesn't give that part. And that might be something that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. So I knew this was coming, but I'm still heartbroken about it. Like my <laughs> tummy was all in knots yes. as we were watching it. And I was trying, I was being so quiet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, just to walk to the studio, you were saying your, your tummy is hurting yeah, because of it. You know? Like I have loved these two men together for four seasons and they are my fictional OTP or one true pairing. Oh. And it's because of them that we even have this podcast. I mean, I love the entire yes. gang, but if I'm being honest, it was these two who made me want to talk about this show more. True. And so the end of this relationship does hurt, but I'm glad that if it has to end, it ends on their own terms. On their own terms. And here, while we still have a couple episodes for me to kind of recover. Yes, for real. Because normally this would be an end of an episode in the season. Is, if this was the end of the season, 
I would be doing violent things right now. <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. Yeah. I'm not going to cry all over y'all right now, but. Yo, yeah. Y'all should see the eyes, okay? She's weeping um, over yeah. here. Okay? <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, Lindsay took Ron and Nancy up on their offer. She is back in her childhood room, Mm-mm. and it couldn't be more incompatible with her current lifestyle and preferences. It looks like a child. Yes, exactly. And the overanalyzer in me feels like Nancy is trying to infantilize her. Yes, and like rewind time to before she decided she was a lesbian. And I use that wrong phrasing on purpose because Mm -hmm. to Nancy, she feels like it was a decision. Decision, yes. Nancy uh, says that she comes to Lindsay's room on occasion to sit sometimes. She feels it's all she has left of her. Uh, Girl, she's alive. Yes, you live in the same city. You acting like she's dead. Don't mess with me. You feel me? I'm very emotional right now. Don't mess with me. (laughs) I was like, someone please slap the hell out of this lady. Not you, because that's your mama. But damn, somebody come slap her. Like, oh my God, I'm choosing violence as always. But wow, like, I'm coming here to sit. It's the only thing I have left of you. Left of me? Right. I invited you to my engagement party or whatever. Yeah. I invited you to my home a million times. I want you to get to know your grandson. What do you mean left of me? Yeah. (laughs) But instead of sitting in her old bedroom, you could take your snobby self across town to her present living room. (laughs) Thank you. And see her there. What in the world? (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah. So Nancy and Ron are having a few people over for dinner. Uh, Another couple and someone from Ron's job. Nancy wants Lindsay to join them, and she's even tempting her with her favorite meal because it's so good to have her back. Ben is on the couch with a book, but he can't focus enough to read it. Michael comes in and tries to distract him with a bunch of talking, but Ben can't stop thinking about Hunter. Um, Everything in their house reminds him of Hunter. And trying again to get him out of the house, Michael tells him about a meeting at the GLC about Proposition 14, and Michael thinks they should volunteer, but Ben doesn't want to think about another gay cause right now. But um, it's not just another gay cause, Michael says. When he and Michael got married, Ben said it was all happening and they were at the beginning of it. And so he's like, remember, you cared about this fight. Like, right. It's something you're passionate about. Maybe this will help you get out of the funk or whatever. And Michael thinks that he would feel better if they were involved in something. But Ben says that he doesn't have any cares to spare. Um. Uh- I can kind of see both points, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, I ain't gonna kinda. I see both points. Like, it's mandatory you get out and go with Michael and the rest of the gang because everything that you guys worked so hard for, this whole life that you built um, built together, it's going to be snatched away from you guys if this actually goes through. But at the same time, as a parent, it's almost like he just, it's, we know that Hunter is alive, but it's almost like Ben can't get his head wrapped around it. He's gone. But I I applaud Michael for trying to, because Michael's energy in this scene is upbeat. And I'm glad he's not matching the down. He's trying to bring him up and take him out of the depression. Because I guarantee you, Michael is hurting just as much. But he also knows that we got to keep pushing forward because we're going to be fighting for not only him. We're going to be fighting for us. We're fighting for everyone. But yeah, Ben Ben is just, Ben is, he's just in a depression. He just can't get over it. Let's secure everything that we've built so far and that we would want him to come home to. Exactly. Let's let's focus on, on doing that. But I get where Ben is coming from, where it's like, I've been fighting for this kind of stuff for years now. And nothing's happening and for me. And it feels like nothing's happening for me. And mm-hmm. at this point, I don't even care because, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot. We see Justin handing out flyers on the street with Debbie and Emmett. And he has told them about what happened with Brian. Debbie can't believe that Brian just let him walk out and didn't try to stop him. But Justin didn't expect him to. 
Again, not an ultimatum. Emmett says that according to all the Jackie Collins novels, in the last chapter, the hero finally realizes that he has loved the heroine. In this case, the heroine is Justin all along, and he begs her to stay. But Justin says that's why it's called fiction. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, they tried to give one of the flyers about the anti-Prop 14 meeting to an, a guy, and he says, you people need Jesus in your lives. I'm like, ugh, not helping. Okay, like, where? Go wh- away. I hate when people do that. They weren't on Liberty Avenue? They were. I believe they were. So that was like, I was thinking, like, are they somewhere else? Like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, that was hella rude. And, you know, I experienced that this past weekend over Pride here. Um, people were petitioning, and, I mean, like, all these crazy stuff. I have never... I have never in my life. Why would you come during Gay Pride with your Why signs and to the gay into our, our neighborhood? Yeah, and disrupt like that. I mean, it was like the SWAT team had to come down. It was mm-hmm. crazy, uh, and I thought someone was really going to get hurt. It was a lot of pushing, a lot of shoving, oh, a lot man. of cussing, bullhorns, and all of this and that. It's those type of people, just like the guy on the street. If we work together, baby, I mean, we could be in a, a way better place. Mm-hmm. But when you put doing all this separation and you against me, I mean, we're never going to be together. Like yeah. we're we're one. We should, we should be moving as one unit. And I just hate in general when people use religion like that. Like you are not helping your cause. Like <laughs> you are not going to win anyone over to your faith by behaving like exactly. that. Exactly. Like, yeah, I hate that. Well, Debbie is still upset about Brian. She can't believe that after all these years, Brian could do that to Justin. But Justin says Brian didn't do anything. Justin wanted one thing. Brian wanted another. And since neither could give the other what he needed, they decided it would be best to move on. I love that he doesn't trash Brian in this because he could have jumped right on what Debbie was saying. And he knows that most, if not all, of the gang would side with him on this issue. But he's not interested in that. He wasn't trying to hurt Brian maliciously. and. He was really kind of freeing both of them yeah. to pursue what they wanted out of life. Exactly. Like, you go pursue what you want. I'm going to pursue what I want. I still love you. I wish we could have worked things out, but we want ahead in different. It yeah. seems like we want ahead in different directions. This wasn't bad. This wasn't from a fight. This wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm seeing you giving someone that's too much attention. And he wasn't even judging yeah, him. No. He wasn't saying like, oh, I can't. Well, you know, earlier episodes we saw where he was getting a little catty with it. But yeah. here it wasn't about that. After no. he had some time to sit and think about it. It wasn't from this catty place. True, because, I mean, Brian has always kept it 1,000 with him. You can't fault him with that. He left. He was an open book. Mm-hmm. He let you know exactly. He's always told you the yeah, truth. Told yeah, told you where he was going. No, I'm not going to that fucking party because I'm going to a fucking party. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, I mean, you know where <laughs> he's going he, and what he's doing. He's good. I want you to move in. Yeah. I want you to be here. I don't want you to not. I don't Thank want you. to come here and you're not here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's always been 100. You really can't bash him. Mm-hmm. It just, it. Yo, you've outgrown each other, you know, or like you said, you're freeing each other because, yeah. I mean, you like we didn't want to keep anybody in a cage who who didn't need to be there. It, it wasn't yeah. beneficial anymore. Yeah, it's just like why keep if this isn't going to go anywhere for either one of us, why keep investing? Exactly. In yeah. Mm-hmm. Debbie says that Justin could always come back to Debbie's boarding house <laughs> and share Emmett's room. Now, Emmett has a few thoughts about that, <laughs> but it won't be necessary. Justin is going to stay with Ben and Michael until he gets a place of his own. So let me find out. This big-ass house that Debbie lives in is only a two-bedroom. Well, no, it's actually three because right. Vic lived there. Oh, yeah. Debbie Vic, has a room. And, and Michael, Michael had a room. Michael's yeah. old room. Oh, but so. no one's living in Vic's room, though. Debbie's ne- no, not living anybody. I think actually Emmett moved. Unless they redid it, Emmett would have moved into Debbie's to my, Vic's old room. Well, maybe because maybe Michael, Michael had all the all the superhero the shit. superhero stuff. Uh-huh. So yeah, I yep, don't yep, know. Yep, yep. And but I, we haven't seen him in his room, so we don't know. We've been in it. 
We went into oh yeah, we did. When Just he was reading the letter. Yeah, uh-huh. when he was, yeah mm-hmm. in season four when he was reading the letter. Yeah, I don't know, but that's got three rooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh-uh. unless like Debbie has converted the third room or something. Right. I, I don't know. Well, Debbie can't believe he'd get a place on his own at his age. He's like twenty one or twenty. Yeah, yeah. He was nineteen in season three. Even if he turned twenty in season three, season four was only six months, right. and then it hasn't even been a full year where we are in season four. So. He's, well, we know he's 21 because we met him at 17. We saw Michael turn 30, and Brian says Michael's age in this episode. Well, but uh, Michael is 34, and yeah. then, so it's possible Brian's either 33 or 34 because he's a little bit younger. Yes, than Michael. Than Michael, and if he's, you don't want to do the math. Trust me. No. On this show, you don't yeah, want to do the math. I was just saying, <laughs> if we saw in season one Michael turn 30, 30, and now he's 34 now, so that's four years. We saw Justin at 17, 21. That's where I was going with that. But like yeah. you said, yeah, it gets tricky. Because somebody yes. was showing me a picture of Justin's driver's license. But if you do the math on that, that's not, that can't be right. But so we're not even going to talk about that. But the point is, he is 21 He's or grown. 22. Okay. And yeah, grown, grown. Grown enough. Yeah. I like the look that Emmett gives him. He respects that Justin is a, is a grown man. In fact, he tells him he never was a kid, and Debbie agrees with That's that. That's true, though. Yeah, but he'll always be a kid to her in a, in a different way. <laughs> oh, sunshine. Justin thinks it's time he made it on his own, like Mary, Emmett says, tossing <laughs> his hat in the air like Mary Tyler Moore in yeah. the opening credits special. I, you know, I was going to sing for y'all yeah. to but you know I'm not. I'll gonna. do it with you. Okay, all right. I only know the last line. <laughs> well, we're going to make it after all. all. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Uh, you can find our new single <laughs> out on iTunes. Yes, okay, baby. LDD Volume 1, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, even though Justin will miss Brian and he wishes they were still together, he thinks this will be good for, for him. Then he asks uh, for their co-sign, and they don't sound super convinced. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think they necessarily doubt Justin, but... I think it's just like, okay, this is all happening real quick, and ooh, yeah. y'all probably could have, like, mm. uh, I think they're just like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, every- girl, kick him to the curb. Yeah, yeah, do, do, do you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to do, we got a ton of, even though there are only, like, six episodes left of the show, don't y'all worry, we got a ton of extra oh, episodes yeah, we're doing. for sure. And we're going to dig into some of this on one of those, but people get so mad at Justin for this and say things like, Justin doesn't deserve Brian. He's always walking out on him. But respectfully, I just can't get behind that. Um, Have your opinion, but I just can't get behind that. And we'll, we're going to do a Brian and Justin episode, and we'll dig into it deeper there. But I'm just like— I'm not getting behind that either. Let me before—because I know we're not talking about it today, but hell, nah. That's, that's inaccurate. They both do wrong things in their relationship, but just to say, like, he's always leaving him. He's always—I mean, like, mm, mm, well, no, I don't— mm. Well, I mean— <sighs> Oh, are we going to talk about this now no, or later? Can't. Okay, we I was going to say, we girl, because you know, I'm going to get long-winded. So we can't. And, then, and, and let me put this in here, too. I love Brian Kenny. I have spent two years defending his honor on this podcast. Absolutely. And I love Justin, too. I've been defending him as well. So I, a lot of people will say, like, for me, it's equal. I love them 50-50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there is no winner with me. I love them both equally. I've always said that. And I hope that I've always been true to that. Right. But... I just cannot get behind that line of thinking. Well, I'm glad my favorite is always, you know, like the life of the party, Miss Congeniality, Mr. Emmett. Okay, yeah. Miss Emmett. Because um, your, your your favorites go through too much. Yeah, okay. I got some problematic Baby, faves. Baby, problematic faves, okay? <laughs> yeah. They just let they flame burn bright like mine. Like yeah. my baby. 
But really, like, I I just can't come. And a lot of this hate probably comes from the, <laughs> the, the Brian community, <laughs> who I love and respect. But I do love Brian. I love what makes him prickly. I love what makes him human. I love his him and his imperfections. But if they are not the kind of people who bring out the scales and weigh who was more right, who hurt the other more, right. if they then don't do that, we? why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to do that to them. Yeah. That's just my my personal take on it. While the salmon is served at the Petersons, <laughs> Lindsay is chatting with the youngest man in attendance. They exchange some small talk about work, and he works with Lindsay's dad, of course. We know that. And he knows that she works at the Sydney Bloom Gallery. I was like, why do you know her business? Yeah, well, you know, Nancy put it all out there. He doesn't have much time to go to galleries. This guy doesn't, but he did see the Sam Arbach show, and he asked if she had anything to do with that. Boy, Girl. did she. Okay, yeah, a <laughs> lot, okay? She did that, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also likes Sam's mural, and Lindsay says it's bold, larger than life, and unpredictable, much like the man. And also, like him, best appreciate it from a safe distance. Facts. Girl. Okay. Girl, he ruined everything. Okay. Yeah. Nancy comes by to tell her that the older crowd is going to go bore themselves by looking at pictures and that maybe the two of them should get away while they can. See, I didn't like that. Okay. I was like. You're clearly yeah. working me. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I was like, I don't trust this. Uh, like, like, no, I don't like it at all. Like, no, like, you two young ones, y'all run along. Go take a stroll. No. It sounds like a setup. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, Ted is at the bar at Babylon, and Emmett comes over wanting to know how the revenge plan went. Emmett is really on this. And it's like, Emmett, why? what are you getting out of this? Why? But really, I guess it's because he doesn't want to see Ted hurt. He want to protect by, him. Yeah, yeah I, think it, I think that's what it is. He's wanting to protect his friend in right. this. Yeah, we've seen him be very protective of Ted before, so mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. But Ted has not executed the screw him over part of the plan. He just got to screw him. That's (laughs) all he got is to screw him. And Emmett thinks that Ted is really into him now, and that's why he hasn't done it. He's like, oh, my gosh, you're falling for him. I knew it. He knows his friend. Yeah. Well, Brian joins them, and Emmett wants to know why he's there. Well, that's a question that philosophers, scientists, and theologians have been asking for thousands of years. <laughs> what Emmett meant was they didn't expect to see him considering him and he and Justin broke up. Right. And Emmett says he must be devastated. And Ted says they are so sorry. I think they both mean what they're saying. But it's also kind of like foreign to say that kind of stuff yeah. to Brian. Well, Brian, Mr. Nothing Touches Me Kenny, uh, thanks them for their sympathies and condolences, but he says that he is not devastated and they are not sorry, so they can spare him the sentiment. <laughs> um, I'm sure that Brian probably thinks that they felt like it was inevitable, um, right. like it was his fault in some way. He deserved it for something. That's probably what he's thinking. He's like, y'all don't care. Y'all probably wanted him to leave me a long time ago right. or, or thought he would or knew he would. Yeah. Uh, Ted says it's a relief to know that Brian won't be dying of a broken heart anytime soon. And Emmett says, silly of us to think you had one. Uh, and I think it's because they're like, they know that yeah, he's hurt. They know yeah. this man. But, but they, they, gotta, they also know he's not going to talk about it. True. Yeah. And they still also got to treat Brian like Brian. They're not going to baby him and call to him. Right. Like if it was Michael, Ted, Emmett, oh, come here, baby. Let's make you some soup. Let's let's go get something to eat. Get up for the couch. They're not going to talk to Brian like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, season one, and probably all the way up to season three, Ted would would have laughed at Brian's pain, I think. But I don't think season five, Ted would would do that. And Emmett knows that Brian cares, and he probably assumes that Brian is putting up a front, but he's not going to waste his energy arguing with someone who wants to live in denial. Right. So, 
Yeah. Uh, touch on Ted, though. Ted has been through Brian through some of the most important moments of his life now. The whole cancer thing, Ted was the yeah. first person to tell. Like, that's serious and deep. Um, starting the business and trusting the business in with him while he was recovering, that's a lot, you know? Yeah, like, they're so, at a different place. They're at a and way so, different place. And Ted has seen more of him than just the guy who was leading yeah. Michael along in season exactly. one and the guy who was just partying and drinking. He's seen how hard Brian works to run yes. his business. He's actually seen the heart that Brian has, you yeah. know, because Brian paid for the, the whole lawyer for Lindsay. I mean, just the things that Brian does, period, you yeah, know. Yeah, and Brian helped him out with his legal stuff, yep. with, whether Emmett told him eventually what happened or not. But then there have been other things where he's helped He's helped Ted, and so mm-hmm. he's, he really sees him in a different way. So he's not going to yeah. yeah, treat him the same way. Uh, they turn around with their drinks, and we see Brandon there. Um, I'm like, damn, Brandon is always, like, is Brandon stalking Brian I now? I think he might be. At one point, I really thought Justin hired this motherfucker. <laughs> you did. You, you know said that you were like, oh, he's a plant by Justin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he'll play, he's here to make Brian feel old. Like, he can't get him anymore, you know? Like, that's why Brian can't get him, because to me, Brian looked way better than Brandon. He does. So I'm, like, I'm like, I don't get it. Why is everybody all over Brandon's nets? Like, what is it about Brandon? Because... <laughs> Baby, your hair looks stringy and stank. Yeah, that was greasy. Okay, yeah, very yeah. greasy, boo. Like, no, you, you, you just don't have it. You don't have that refined look like Brian. But anyway. Anyway, Brian says that he is doing just fine. And, you know, I don't think Ted fully believes that. And Brian says that he's sure Justin is, too. Emmett says that Justin's doing better than fine. He picked himself up, dusted himself off, and started all over again. Emmett says it's all with a grin because he knows that yeah. Brian is more affected by this. And yes. he knows that's kind of getting under his skin. And, but I also kind of like that he is like mm-hmm. up in Justin in the True. <laughs> in this and, and also he's throwing shade too because they last encounter, yeah. you said that my show was nothing and I was a eunuch. <laughs> so, I mean, he was like, okay, I'm going to get your ass back. He still have a little yeah. residual Oh, baby, he's, he's still bitter on that. Okay, he brought up the same phrase in this episode. <laughs> well, my, my producer said, yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian is glad to hear it. Uh, he says that they that Justin's doing fine. He says that they can give him their regards the next time they see him. And Ted says that Brian can tell him himself the next time he's over at Michael and Ben's. Emmett unnecessarily adds <laughs> that Justin uh, has moved in with them. And oh boy, that is not good. Brian downs his drink and immediately orders another. He's probably thinking if they got their claws in him, there's no way I can yeah, save him now. No, no saving. Like it's over. Yeah. Like if I thought I could get him back. Or if I thought yeah. this would pass, like, yeah. he would go it's and over. think about it, and then whatever. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, if they've got their claws in him, if Eli and Monty are inviting oh, him over. Oh, Lord, girl. <laughs> like, it's I over. I mean, it's one thing with Michael and Ben, but if Alante come over, if Alante it's, get him, it's, it's over, baby. It's a wrap. Stick a fork in him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. Back at the Petersons, Lindsay and Steven are having a nice little talk on the sofa he has a child, and he's divorced, and he's having his own ex-wife drama, so they can swap stories about that. They are getting along really well, and he wants to know if he can take Lindsay to lunch. And you, like, anytime you saw them together, you were like, don't you tell me. No, I was like, like I, is Lindsay for the fuck him? Because I don't trust Lindsay now. Like, I don't know. Like, I, she just flew it. She ain't even a lesbian. You know, you don't have a title, boo. Yeah. Okay? Like, you're just, like, girl, I don't even know. The way they were sitting close, and then... She had that that cheating hair on again. You know she what did saying? have that so cheating hair. I was like, girl, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah. She tells him yes, that he can take her to lunch. But then, just to be fair, she tells him that she is a lesbian. And he says it's not a problem, but it's not what her parents told him when they invited him mm. for dinner. 
They told him she had just broken up with a man. The lies it. you tell. The lies, okay? Yeah. Girl, uh, see, I told you not from the start, do not trust Nancy. I knew it. For one, don't be telling my business that I'm going, if I'm break up with a man, woman, dog, whoever, don't tell nobody that I don't know what I'm going through. Right. Let me break that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Invite the motherfuckers over to dinner, and if we hit it off, we hit it off. You tell my business, he could be a total jerk. Like, <laughs> how do you know? You're, period. Yeah. Don't do that. That was rude, you know? That was very rude. And But I'm like, Lindsay, surely you knew that's where this was going I also. Mean, I saw that's where it was going. Yeah, you know but I mean? maybe she's wanted to see how close she could get to the edge before. Yeah. Baby girl, his knees were touching her thigh. They were so close. <laughs> okay? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, back at Babylon, Troy finds, um, Troy finds Ted by the bar. And he brought some friends that he wants to introduce to Ted. Emmett comes sashaying by doing the petty party shuffle. <laughs> and Ted pretends not to know who he is. Ted and Troy turn around to meet his friends, but a guy interrupts them. And he's the guy who hooked up with Troy a few months back. Troy said he would call, but he didn't. The guy gives him his number again, and Troy takes it. And he's like, oh, yes, you know, so I just kind of forgot it. Well, when the guy walks off, he tears it up right behind the guy's back. And then he starts talking about these poor, pitiful guys and how, and he goes right back into the speech he gave Ted a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And then Ted, that's when Ted tells Troy that he was one of those pitiful guys, mm. Pride 2002. He was Troy's pity person that year. And now Troy is Ted's. And then he says that he sought him out. He waited for the right moment. Yes. And yeah, he just kind of, yeah. So That was a win moment for me. Like, I mean, it was bittersweet because that's not Ted, you know? Like, right. that's not our he baby. he didn't have to be, like, awful. And you were no better than Troy. Yes. But, yeah, ooh, it's just. But at the same time, Troy makes you want to do that shit. You're going <laughs> to, yeah, I'm going to go. Okay, you're just a pity fuck. Like, you're an evil, nasty-ass person. Right, and so I want you to feel the hurt that you've inflicted on other people. Because Ted was, he wasn't going to do it. I'm telling you now. Y'all know Ted was not going to do that at all. He was going to be laying next to him. Well, Troy, honey, I mean, I love you now, but um, when we started out, like, I was your pity fuck, and I was going to do that to you. (laughs) But but no, Ted, I mean, he wasn't going to do it the way he did it now. But, I mean, I want to clap it up um, for Ted because he. I'm glad he did stand up to him. It may be to teach Troy next time, bitch, treat people with respect. Like, yeah. you're doing the most now. You're out here thinking you're God's gift. You're actually destroying lives, I mean, to good, innocent people. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm, you're my pity fuck. I didn't ask to be treated that terrible. Right, and that has stuck with him for, yeah, it's been for like, years. you know, about at least two years now. That has stuck with, with him. And But I do think it's a great talking point. Like, Troy was hot, and he was into Ted, and because of that, Ted ignored the fact that Troy is a super shallow bag of trash. Yeah. And so Ted's own vanity caused him to separate himself from the uggos. Yes. You know? And without really meaning to, he was condoning Troy's behavior. Mm-hmm. But I also like to think that Ted liked being wanted by this guy who was previously unattainable. Yeah. And he liked knowing that he could have something he'd previously been denied. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually not into games like this because people get hurt. Because even in this situation, yeah, maybe Troy is hurt for tonight. But I think this hurt Ted, too. Oh, it did. It hurt Ted. It yeah. hurt him in several ways. Yeah. But one, that he did something that was out of his character. So that's that's terrible. And then two. Right. And it's like, did I really win? Yeah, he didn't win because he hurt somebody. You know, yeah. like he, as he broke the news to Troy. Trey went on to say that I really liked you. And then came back and said, a lot. I really, really did like you. Mm-hmm. So they both lost. No one right. won in this situation. Right. Period. Um, so he hurt himself by letting go of someone that he was actually could have 
been in a relationship with, but it wouldn't have been a good relationship because no. Troy is still that deep down inside he's ugly in the inside. Right. So he would have still been that ugly person. He would have treated you great, but ugly to others. Right. And then yeah. it's hard to be in a relationship with someone who you, like I, you have no respect for anybody else. And I can't I can't handle mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. But Ted looks up and he sees Emmett clapping for him. And I think that Emmett's just like, good for you. You didn't let yourself get sucked into yeah. this bad situation. But He's like, Ted doesn't see it as a celebratory thing. No, like, uh-uh. this is, yeah, because not it's, it's not. This. It really got icky. Yeah, yeah. real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's a knock on the door at Michael and Ben's house. Ben comes to get the door, and it is a very drunk and angry Brian. He's there to see Ben's wife. Ben says he's asleep, but Brian doesn't care. He wants him to rouse him. <laughs> uh, then he starts to do uh, that on his own with all that loud yelling. Ben is trying to get him to leave. And um, this was a hot scene to me. It's the small things. <laughs> I hope that Ben isn't going to let him continue to drive in that state. Call Uber. Michael comes down to handle this and sends Ben off to bed because uh, Ben and Brian were just about to like throw. Girl, they were coming. They were coming yeah. to blows. They were about to. Yeah, they've been itching to trade those. Blows but that's for what a made it now. hot to me because <laughs> Brian normally gives respect. I mean. Brian is going to push the limits, but he still knows where he knows not to cross certain lines. But he banged on that door in the middle of the night in this nice neighborhood acting a fool. Okay, I love a little ratchetness. You do love a little ratchetness. And we know that he was doing it for the love of his man. That's true. So I was like, okay, come through. So when Ben opened the door, he was like, where yeah, Let me let me let me at him. Let me at him. You know, so he get on the inside and Ben's like, no, come all that down, playboy. You in my house, you know. Um, Brian is like, I don't give a damn where I'm at. Where you? Where, where are you at? You know, I'm, I'm translating y'all in Ebonics and then some ratchetness, okay? So um, I was like, you know, where are you at? Where are you at? Bring him down here to me. And he was like, man, just bring it down. We're all sleeping, you know, just bring it down. He's like, I'm not I'm not doing a damn thing until I talk to this man. So Ben was like, nah, bro, you're going to respect me. Did you see Ben's face? I did. Well, Ben's already mad because Bruh. Hunter and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. He yeah. got all that pent up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he was about to, I mean, Brian, baby, he was about to throw them things. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. It, it got crazy. But Michael finally came down he looking extremely rested. Like, he was in some deep sleep. Cause, I mean, He was in the out. REM. The yeah, rim. baby. He looking good. I was like, damn, baby, you rested. Yeah. Uh, well, Brian immediately starts and he says, congratulations, Mikey. You won. To the spoiler goes the victory. That's not how that phrase goes, but it makes it clear what Brian is upset about. You spoiled him. You spoiled Mm -hmm. this. Michael says he doesn't know what Brian is talking about, and Brian says, of course you don't. No one plays dewy-eyed and innocent better than you. Now, that's something Brian's been holding up with him for some years. I mean, like, he he said hidden under the belt. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, and then he says, although for 34, you're getting a little long in the tooth. (laughs) 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 For short pants. Yes. Yeah, not this little innocent schoolboy that you pretend to be. Yeah. Period. Uh, speaking of outgrowing your act, Michael says nothing's more pathetic than to use one of Brian's own favorite words, an over the hill uh, club boy. And then Brian says, You infected him with your petty, bourgeois, mediocre, conformist, assimilationist life. Thanks to you, he's got visions, babies, weddings, <laughs> white picket, white picket fences, dancing in his blonde little head. See, I actually feel like that would be a little insulting to Justin because I don't yes. think it's all on, all no. on Michael. No, Justin makes his own decisions. <laughs> yeah, we but all anyway, know that. let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And he's and Michael says, and you think I put them there? And Brian says, before you and your husband tied the noose around your necks, he was perfectly <laughs> happy, but now he's a defector, just uh. like the rest of you. And Michael says he was never perfectly happy, waiting for years for you to say I love you. You're the only one I want, and I disagree with that. But anyway, 
Uh, Brian says, it's not who I am. Uh, and Michael fires back, don't we all know? And I'm sorry, I, we have to get all the dialogue in here. Girl, y'all I'm just love- bear with it. Okay. I'm hoop, like, where's my popcorn? Yeah, y'all I'm just loving it. Bear Come with on. me. Michael says, don't we all know? And Brian says, and now he's here in your house. Michael corrects him, it's a home. And Brian says, it's a farce, it's a freak show. <laughs> Michael says, call it what you want. I honestly don't care. But he didn't leave because I infected him. He left because of you. Who wouldn't? And those last two words. Like, <laughs> he was on it because uh, when he said, because I infected him, I thought he was going to say no because you neglected him. You know, I was like, okay. But they, they, it was a tough scene because yeah. these are best friends. Right. You know? And they this has been brewing between them yeah. for a while now. Yeah. And it finally came to a head here and they, they didn't hold any punches. Yeah. They they let it all out. But um, yeah, like, like you said before, I, I feel like, what Brian said, it should it's a little disrespectful to um to Justin because Justin makes his own decisions. I mean, these are things that he's probably always wanted, but he suppressed them, pushed them to the side because he would do anything for you. I don't think that he was like like we said before, he's not necessarily saying, I need these things in this moment right now, but he wants the conversation to be entertained and you don't entertain the conversation. Yeah, I feel like it was a little bit of misplaced anger. Yeah. A little bit, uh, on Brian's part, because he's clearly upset about this relationship, and this is the only way, Brian's, it's still tough for him to directly deal with his emotions. And so he's very hurt by the in the loss of that relationship. He's a little angry and upset. And he's been drinking. And it, yeah, and he's been drinking. Let's not forget that part. And so it's like, I need someone to blame for this. And yeah. so, Michael, you. Now, Michael is pushing the marriage thing. He, he is. definitely hard is. and heavy. Pushing it hard. And it's like, if you don't get married, you're over the hill club boy, all this stuff. And so Michael Somebody said uh, Michael thinks that when he gets a little bit of taste of something, he thinks he's an expert on yeah, it. Yeah. So now he thinks he's the expert on adulthood and gay relationships and all that. So Michael <laughs> is doing a lot. Mm-hmm. But a little bit of this was misplaced, yeah. I believe, on Brian's part. Because I don't feel like it was solely Michael's influence that got to Justin. Now, he was some things were being triggered in him because of what he was seeing in that relationship. Right. But it wasn't solely Michael's influence. But... This is like in season two when Justin was having those doubts and stuff and he was confiding in Michael and talking to him. Michael wasn't really giving him the right. Yeah. (laughs) Michael's not the one to give the advice that Justin needs. Right. And so Michael is constantly, because of where Michael's head's at, he's constantly, oh, well, maybe y'all will get married or, well, you know he's not going to marry you. Mm -hmm. You know, so he's, but I don't think he was doing it maliciously this time, you know? No, 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 not not this time. This time he was actually in agreement. He was like, well, maybe. And he was like, no. That one time he was like, well, you know who? And he said, oh, yes, I know who. Uh, what, what was you know it? he's not going to give you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. forget the exact mm-hmm. words, but yeah. It, you yeah, can see a little shift just, in him. I don't know that. Uh, again, I think Justin made Justin's decision. And so I'm not going to put Justin's decision on Michael. But we also know that when Justin can't trust himself and his own thoughts, he will trust what other people are saying. And so he does hear what Michael is saying. I don't really translate that as this being Michael's fault, but I can see why some people may may do that. Yeah, that's, that's not Michael's yeah, fault yeah, at all. I don't Justin, really... Justin would have came to these conclusions yeah. on his own no matter what. Yeah, so. this scene reveals that Brian is very deeply hurt and affected by his breakup. I mean, this is where we really get to see that. We've known it, but we really get to see it here. And he is lashing out at Michael because in Brian's mind, Michael and the clones like him have disrupted his happy home by pushing these expectations and brainwashing Justin, so to speak. Now, I don't think that's what happened, but something has taken Justin from him. Something has taken his sunshine away. And 
he finds that Justin is here in Stepfordville with the person who has become its number one cheerleader with Michael. Brian knows that Justin has been spending more time with Michael lately, so on the surface, he's laying a lot of this blame at Michael's feet. I mentioned this last episode, and I may do a little more with it later. I'm taking this out of context, but I think that it still works here. So in 506, Brian and Justin are talking in that last scene together, and Justin says, well, I'm sure there was someone. And Brian said, yeah, but someone else got to him. Now, maybe I'm doing the most. Y'all know I'm always down for a good reach and stretch. But I think it was already in Brian's mind that someone or something got to Justin. Everything about that last scene with the two of them in 506 can be about the Brandon situation, or it could be about Brian losing his spot in Justin's eyes. And Brian was equally, if not more, upset about that. I don't think Michael was forcing it on Justin, but he was kind of forcing it on Brian, this whole, you need to grow up, you need to get married, you need to settle down, live in the suburbs kind of thing. He was really forcing that more so on Brian than Justin. If he was forcing it on anyone, it was more so Brian than Justin. So maybe that pressure was just one more thing making Brian feel cornered. And we know that Brian goes feral when he feels cornered. But I will say this. I feel like Michael was super hurtful toward Brian in this. Like, I think, especially that last thing that he said, he left because of you who wouldn't. Like, I feel like that was... Sometimes the truth hurts, though. It was the truth. But I don't think, I don't think that's why Justin left, but I also think that was... No, no, no. Don't you do that because we have both sat here and said they left because they want different things. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Because of you. But that's not... No, it's because you don't want what I want. That's not because of who you are as a person. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying who you are as a person. Michael is saying it as he left because of who you are as a person. No, I, don't, I didn't think Michael was saying that. I didn't take Michael saying that. I think Michael just took like, I definitely, Michael knows. No. <laughs> Y'all should see our hands yeah, like all, yeah, in all, in, all in the air. <laughs> but no, Michael knew that Brian, his his definite knows, you know, his like hard knows were the things that Justin wanted. Um, So I don't think that he was saying that. I think he's saying like, I know you and I know what Justin wants and he left because of you. When he say he left because of you, because of the, takes two to tango, but we can't say that he left because of both of y'all. He's, they're in an argument together. No, he left because of you, because you refused. Like you like you said, I can give you those things. Me saying that I can't sounds like, me saying incapable, that I, yes. yeah, I can't make it sound like I'm incapable. I won't. You know what I'm saying? So it's you. Like you won't give me those things. I, no, I, we can, we can have different opinions on it and they're both valid, but I feel like Michael meant he left because of how you are and who you are. So you think Michael just being ultra shady? Yes. I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't get, I mean like. And then he's, because why, why at the, who, who wouldn't part in there? Yeah. Why, why at that? Because if you're making it just about that specific relationship between just those two men, you don't need that other part. Mm, so. Yeah, okay. So he, he was shooting shots there. Okay, he shot some shots. <laughs> yeah. Shot some shots. It was a little 22. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was a little, I didn't think it was a, a shotgun in there. Yeah, I, I felt like he was a little, because he's, but he's been on Brian this whole time. Like, yeah, this whole been, season, yeah. You know, talking real mm-hmm. you know, reckless about him and to him this whole time. And so to me, it just kind of keeps that same path right. where he's been like, when are you going to grow up? You need to do this. You need to do that. Like, Facts. So he's been coming from that angle this whole time. And so maybe that's why I interpret it true. that way. No, true, true, true. You know, I can't believe I, I block it off. Like they haven't been salty with each other. Yeah. It's a buildup. It was a, it was a buildup. And you, you probably right. You probably right on that. <laughs> it's okay if you disagree, but no, no. Yeah. I mean, like I just didn't see, I didn't see him meaning it. When you pull it all together. Yeah. yeah. But when you but pull I, it all together, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Yeah. When you, when you bring it all together. When Michael says he left because of you who wouldn't, that was very cruel. That was a low thing to say. 
He has some level of awareness of Brian's issues and fears about being abandoned and feeling unworthy of love. And so to have someone who is supposed to know you so well and who has always said they love you and and all this great stuff, they're going to be there for you, whatever. To have them tell you that no one would stick around for you, that is awful and horrible. Now, yes, Brian came to Michael's house in the middle of the night screaming and yelling. But I don't think that justifies what Michael says back to him here. And and Brian does say his own mean things to Michael. But if we're keeping score in this awful fight between these two friends, Michael uh, does strike a little bit lower. I kind of don't feel that this was about Justin. It seems that way on the surface, but this wasn't really, this fight right here wasn't really about him. Like Michael presented himself as the poster child for all things gay maturity and relationships. So as the figurehead of sorts, He's going to get the brunt of this from Brian. But also, Brian has been feeling betrayed and a little attacked by Michael in some ways lately, too. So this is a war between two, between two ideologies, yes, but also between two friends who seem to be pulling apart in very different directions. So this isn't Justin's fight, and I don't think that he should get involved here. Um, I mean, I feel like anything he would do would be him taking sides. And this wasn't about Justin taking a side. This was about Justin trying to figure out what he wants out of his life and realizing, okay, I may be in a relationship with someone who's not willing to offer me more than what I'm getting from them right now. And even if I'm happy with that right now, I don't know if I will be in the future. So it wasn't really his fight. I have a theory about Brian's behavior and where his head is regarding Justin and their relationship in all of this. I also have some more things to say about Brian and Michael's big fight. But if I can be real for a second, we watched this episode on my laptop driving to the studio while I was listening through headphones and Kim was watching. So I haven't really had time to work through my thoughts just yet. I mean, we literally finished watching it in the parking lot and had to rush up here. So I need a little more time to settle my thoughts. So I'll have to get back to you on some of this. We see Lindsay getting ready for bed and her mom comes in to ask her how her evening went. Mm. Uh, Steven is quite charming, don't you think? Before she leaves, Lindsay asks her why she invited him and Nancy thought she might like having someone to talk to. Lindsay likes him, but not in that way. She's a lesbian mother. Uh, Nancy thought that was all over with. She thought that phase was over. Lindsay's sister told Nancy that Lindsay was with a man. And Lindsay said it happened once and it was a mistake. Well, Nancy says maybe it wasn't a mistake. If she could have given it more time, she would have finally been in a mature relationship. Nancy's about to find herself rolling down the stairs. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay has had a mature relationship with that person, not with Melanie. (laughs) And They were partners for 10 years, a lot longer than the three marriages (laughs) that Lynette has had. And they have two children. And she said, that is not immature. Uh, Nancy says that she's sorry, but it's just not the same. Why not, though? I know. When she heard about her her relations with a man, (laughs) she was hoping that Lindsay would be the daughter she always dreamed of. But Lindsay is not, and she never will be. And so it looks like she disappointed her once again. That's just sad for Lindsay. Like, I hate Lindsay had to go through that. Yeah. She's already dealing with so much on her plate. Then to have someone that, I mean, you, that's supposed to love you unconditionally, treat you that way, and only acknowledge your your actual family. You was with this lady for 10 years. You have two children with this person. You won't even acknowledge it. And right. you would rather say, we're going to get married three times, which under God's eye. Which one is the bigger yeah, mockery of matrimony? It is. Like, which one? Like, so I'm like, oh, it's just so sad. Yeah. And to have come and you wanted to give this a chance. And then, yeah, there she goes, being her. Mm. Brian is back at Babylon. He is definitely in a mood. Now, all this is in the same night. (laughs) 
He uh, sees Brandon getting some attention on the dance floor, and he calls over one of his security guys, and Brian says to tell Brandon that he is barred from the club permanently. But it might be an overreaction, but he just came back from losing losing Justin, yeah. and now it's like, you about to make me lose, you know, the last, the only thing that I have yeah. left, kind of my reputation yes. here at my club, and so, nah, you got to go. I mean, like, I, I could I was like, what is going on? I said, yeah. Brian has, everything has gotten the best of Brian. Yeah. It kind of make you want to feel sorry for Brian in this moment yeah, right here. Yeah, because he does seem like yeah. he's spiraling because yeah, he everything around him is. It's crumbling. It's like, crumbling and being ripped away. Yeah. It was like, damn. I was like, if Brian is being a cop caller, who would have thought? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, Brian calling security. I mean, here he is telling Ted, like, get as much as you can. Yeah. You know, yeah. From this other guy. But then he sees somebody doing it. Now, true, they've got their own kind of. Right. Competition going on, but yeah. He is um yeah. yeah. He it, has it like was... three drinks in under two minutes. That like part. he's not doing And we know well. Brian don't cope well when he's going through stuff. Oh no, so he does not. I don't like his coping mechanisms. Oh no. We see Ben giving a lecture in uh he's saying in a recent movie about the legend of the Trojan War, there was a small but very significant alteration to the story. Achilles did not go to battle because they uh killed Patroclus's cousin, he went to battle because they killed Patroclus's lover. So basically, mm. they took the gay out. They changed of the, the story. story. Yeah. One student doesn't see what difference it makes, but the change to that old legend omits the truth that the homophobia which infects our culture didn't always exist. There were great and powerful cultures in which the emotional and sexual love between two men was accepted, even among warriors. The students want to talk about what's happening now. They're like, yeah. okay, like that's we that's fake. Thank that's you for legend, the story. Whatever. We appreciate well, yeah, it. Yeah, we want to talk about real world right now with things like Prop 14, and Ben tries to get them on subject, but they are really worried about the passing of this bill or whatever and what that could mean for them. Hey, there's real life. Ha- we understand <laughs> what you're reading about, but there's real life happening mm-hmm. right now. Well, then we see Justin, and he is in something worse than the shanty. <laughs> Girl. But we get to see Jennifer, so it's not all bad, because yes. we love her. Oh, Jennifer, she's my heart. <laughs> yeah, this is Justin's new place, and it's a dump. Jennifer will not have her baby living here, no. but Justin loves it. <laughs> but I I respect his desire to forge his own path right. and to embrace the struggle. And I think that's a rite of passage in some ways. When Daphne was telling him about dorm life back in season two, he was living the life of luxury at at the loft with Brian. And now he's getting to experience all of those things. And he's getting to really be that struggling artist Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, you know, when I was in college, I loved all my friends, but I had a different level of respect for the ones who had to work and had to pay their own way. And uh, like I chose to do it that way. And so there was just a different bond with those Mm -hmm. people who kind of connected with you in that. Right. You know? So I like that he's getting to have that that experience. Jennifer is worried about the crackheads. But <laughs> when I, I died. I mean, did he even hear those words come off of Jennifer's lips? <laughs> she was like, crackhead. It was I know. The way she, she immediately went to the extreme. Yeah. But that's 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 true love though. Yeah. Nancy should be taking notes because this girl would do anything for her child. She you know? will, yeah. And you won't even do it, you won't even give the grandbaby anything. I mean, you won't even say JR's name. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? It's crazy. Yeah. But this is a place that Justin can afford. It has great lighting for his art, and it would be his own place. He's not, yeah. he's never had that. He's not had that yet. That's important to him. 
I'm a little too bougie for this place, but I see you, sunshine. That part. But, you know, I'm not going to knock you because my first place was trash. Your first place was beautiful. I went to your apartment. Okay. Uh, Stayed there. Um, My first place, girl, I was embarrassed to even tell anybody. Like, for real. Like, don't even cut. Like, no. Half the building was burnt up. Like, I mean, like, you saw, like, a couple apartments standing and half the complex was on the ground. Like, burned down. So, yeah, no. But it was mine, damn it. Yeah, it was yours. Yeah. Jennifer points out that it's quite a step down from Brian's place. Well, if memory and Justin's sassiness serve, she wasn't thrilled when he moved in there either. She just wishes that Brian and Justin could have somehow managed to make things work. Justin does too, but he doesn't feel like they were going anywhere. And more more importantly, it didn't have a guarantee for him. And he's already, when he was out in Hollywood, he spent a lot of time and energy investing in something that didn't work out. And so it's like, if I already know on the front end, this isn't going to get me where I want to go, then... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to invest anymore. Yeah. Jennifer says, it's not like he repeatedly and systematically lied to you, abused you, betrayed you like your father did to me. See, I knew I hated Craig. Right. For yeah. A reason. We didn't even know this detail. I know. But now, I, yeah, I just knew that I was hating him for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you do not mess with Jennifer Turtleneck Taylor no, on our oh, watch. Jennifer Turtleneck Taylor. You love it. You do not mess no, with her. Absolutely not. But Brian didn't do any of that. He saved Justin's life, literally. He took care of him. He gave him everything. And so it was like, all we were getting all this good stuff, but they each wanted different things, is what Justin is saying. Mm-hmm. And this is going back to that conversation we were talking about with the gray area. Yeah. And so we, Ken and Michelle, are acknowledging that there is a gray area. Yes. And we're also saying we're aware that the show is intentionally not acknowledging yes. the gray area. Jennifer says that neither of you are willing, she asks, neither of you are willing to change. And Justin says, that's not love, that's sacrifice. I disagree with that. I disagree as well, because yeah. like I said before, you have to sac- make some type of sacrifices. You know? Or not even sacrifice. Compromise. Compr- there's there compromise, yeah, compromise. There's room for growth. Yes. There is revisiting something. Yes. And so I kind of disagree with that. But again, yeah. they're giving us black and white. Yeah, exactly. They're making everything definite when in a relationship there are no definites. I mean, you Everything, some, life is going to always, there, there's no definition in life, period. Right. Like, I feel like it's, it's always, it's always a curveball thrown somewhere that you always have to revisit something else. But I mean, that sounds like something Brian would say. So, um, yeah, it's some, yeah, it is something that they have kind of made true for, mm-hmm. for themselves as men and as, as a couple. That is something that they have always said and kind of operated right. according to. But, Again, I disagree with that. And I think it gets into a discussion of semantics and the definition of change and sacrifice. Right. And a very lengthy conversation about what it means to love someone and the best <laughs> way to do that. So, yeah. I don't think Jennifer agrees with this either, but she's not going to say it because Justin is where he is right now. And so she's not going to say it. I love her journey with Brian and Justin, for that matter, of course. But really, it with Brian, with, because yeah, it's it was in, rocky. It's in one of my top five, if not top three things yeah. that happens over the course of this series. I love how now she is like, she wants th- that relationship for herself yeah. because she knows how much they love each other mm-hmm. and how they've been there for each other and how they've made each other better in a lot of ways. True, and she sees the good in Brian. Yeah. Like, I mean, she can see, maybe because she's older, she knows that... Um, that Brian wants nothing but the best for Justin. Brian is going to push Justin Justin to be the best Justin he can be. And, I mean, like, she trusts him. And he she knows his heart. And she knows exactly how Justin feels. I mean, like, this yeah. boy was, he left everything on the line. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, everything. So, so Gus is going to be crashing at Melanie's. Uh, Lindsay is there because they could not say it Nancy and Ron's anymore. Lindsay is giving Melanie a, a chance to say, I told you so. But Melanie doesn't take it. 
Lindsay says that no matter what you know in your head, you hope against hope in your heart that your parents will love you unconditionally. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's so true for so mm-hmm. many gay teens or trans teens or whatever. You know, they are hoping that when I finally, even adults are hoping when I finally tell my parents or my family who I really am, when I finally show that to them, they will still love me. Or if maybe it went bad when I first told them, maybe over time, they will soften and embrace me again. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't get that hope realized, which is such a sad thing. But Lindsay and Melanie make a vow to do better with their kids. Some good came from it. Nancy kicked her ass out in the middle of the night with a baby. (laughs) Well, Lindsay, uh, maybe Lindsay left. I don't know. That mean the conversation went way worse. It probably did. And she was like, let me just get it and go right now. Yeah, Yeah, like... What the, I don't think Lindsay would have left the middle of the night with the baby. I think Nancy was like, I think it's best that you just pack up and go. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, your dad and I need time to think. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and to recover from the way you've hurt us. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Like what the hell? My yeah. God. But I, I love that. The last episode we saw that um, Melanie and Lindsay were smiling and laughing together. That's all I ever wanted because when they smile and laugh, they are super happy and they're good together. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she came there to bring Gus and then Mel offered her, like, where are you going? She was like, oh, to a hotel. She's like, no, take your jacket off. You're staying here? Yeah. They're not on the best of terms, but she still has love for her. And even if we're, we're divorced, you're still my family. And that's what came through for me. And that's what I'm going to sap for. I was about to cry in that scene. Like, yeah. That I'm going to sap for, for some shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. that was, ugh. I know. Because when you can put aside all the other, the hurt and the other stuff, at least enough to see this is a person that I still love and care yes. about. When your own parents could not. Right. It's crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Well, Ted and Emmett are at Woody's, and so is Brian. They share a toast um, to celebrate Ted, Tossin, Troy. Brian says it's a, a rare man who'd rather get even than get laid. <laughs> um, Brian walks off, and out of curiosity, Emmett uh, wants to know how great Troy was, and Ted says he was beyond great, amazing, the best. Emmett is trying to get them digits. Yeah. Like, uh, any chance you still got that phone oh, number? <laughs> I mean, I'll be pity number two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, you can see that Ted is still dealing with that. Yeah. 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 He so I and I actually like that. I I prefer to not have him celebrate like, oh yeah, I got him. I that sure showed him. No. Yeah. And so I like that they handled it this way because a lot of times even though they're not giving us gray in this other area, they give us morally gray yeah, quite a bit. they do. They do. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, if to see Ted gloat and, and do shit like that, that would be against his character. Like, I'm glad yeah. that they handled it in the way that they did and that he was hurt because you can see that he was, it was a battle within himself. He could have done this a long time ago. Day one, night one. He could have been like, get the fuck up. Yeah. You know, you don't remember this. <laughs> he could have did it a long time ago. But, um... Yeah, they say he treated his character and made him fall in love. The usual, or develop some, or at feelings. least, yeah, yeah, something, some stirring yeah, of something. Yeah, yeah, some stirring of some feelings, and they played it right. Yeah. Well, while Brian is playing pool, Brandon comes over to ask what's his problem. <laughs> uh, Brandon thinks Brian threw him out because he's afraid that Brandon uh, will get the hottest guy, and Brian says, "I, I am the hottest guy." Come through, <laughs> yeah. babe. But Brandon says that he was then, but there's a, a new sheriff in town. Uh. And I'm mixing all my idioms and just, anyway, go with me. (laughs) Even, uh, Brandon says, even the mightiest one day must fall. The king is assassinated. The lion is torn to shreds. And Brian says, oh, Lord, please spare us the wearisome cliches. (laughs) And then he says, listen up, twerp. You don't get to be the best by showing up and announcing that you are. You have to prove it first. 
Brandon thought he already had, but Brian says he is going to have to do better than that. They decide on a little wager. They will pick the 10 hottest guys that they haven't had, and whoever, I guess, goes through all of them first would be the winner. If Brandon wins, he gets back into Babylon. If Brian wins, he gets into Brandon. No, thank you. I don't really want this on my plate. Yeah. It just feels Mm-mm. skeevy. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very, very. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't even have any words for this. Like, Brian, you're better than this. Yeah. Like, well, I know this is because we said he's spiraling. Yeah. And, but I get, like, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best but at he their was own only, game. Yeah. So I get that part of it. But we And we've seen cute little wagers that involve sex between yes. Brandon, I mean, sorry, between Brian and Justin. But, this but that's is, Brian and Justin. This, this is, is a different, different thing. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. It feels slimy. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> here for it. I mean, depending on the guys that they bring, then I may be here for it. But as of right now... <laughs> I am not here for it, okay? And I'm not here for Brandon either. He does not do it for me. Like, yeah, he just, he Brandon doesn't do it for me. He's not unattractive. He's just not for me. He's not for me either. No. Yeah. Anyway, most of the gang is at the GLC, and Philip and Tannis somehow keep winning seats on the board. I, I don't know how. <laughs> at this point, I'm loving Philip and Tannis, okay? Like, because we see these mugs all the time yeah, now. I, know, I love that they are constant, yes. but I like, love to hate them. <laughs> For real, they get on my nerves. They uh, invited a congresswoman to speak, and she talks about how their rights are being threatened by their own government, by religious leaders, and by other Americans acting out of hate and ignorance. And Ben walks in during her speech. So this, what the student said got right. to him. It's like, hey, we understand the importance of history, but the present is yeah. what we can change. Exactly. So the present and the future is what we can influence. Uh, they are making a plan at this meeting to fight Prop 14 as if their future depends on it because it does. And it's so sad that even in 2022, we are still having to deal with some of this stuff. True. You know, there's still laws being being presented or even put into effect that do some of this crap. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Michael is glad that Ben showed up and uh, Ben tells him that with his eyes fixed firmly in the past, he failed to see the future. So the present was destroyed. In other words, Ben wouldn't be too happy with himself if they lost and he did nothing to try to stop it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that he is going to get, going to get involved in I something. I mean, I knew Ben was going to come. He was depressed. Yeah. Uh, he was depressed and, and thinking about what Hunter said. But like you said, the students, they woke him up. He was in his own funk. Sometimes people closest to you, whatever, you don't listen to what they say. It goes in one ear and out the other. It takes an outside source to, to get you together. And that's what it was. The students got him together really quickly. And he did. He showed up to his community like, like, like he always does. And he would feel horrible if they did pass this and he did nothing to help or right. at least tried his best to get out there and help. You know, because he... I mean, he's going to be mostly affected by it. Yeah, know? and he's always talking about the importance of living in the moment. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, doing everything you can in the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, then Brian is walking down the sidewalk, and he and Justin cross paths. And this is the first time that they've seen each other since the breakup. Brian notices Justin stop Proposition 14 pin. And we know that Brian's up on the news. He yeah. knows what this is about. And he asks about the meeting, just making small talk. Justin says that he should have been there, but Brian says he's not rage and saving Gayopolis isn't his thing. I beg to differ, sir. You have saved Gayopolis uh, many, many times. times. Yeah. Right at that little um, community center. Yeah. And then this conversation between them is just, oh, my gosh. Um, and uh, Brian says, you doing OK? And Justin says, yeah, I'm fine. And you, likewise, thanks for asking. You know, right. all this like small talk yeah. and the forced smile and the... 
genuine concern for wanting to know, are you okay? But not being able to give the real answer. Yeah, true. They are just standing there like two fools in love, but not in sync. I know. (laughs) Seriously, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get the perfect song to close out on. Mm -hmm. uh, This rendition of Don't Take My Sunshine Away. It was perfect. Yeah, if that's not playing on the streaming version, then you should just put that version in the trash because (laughs) you gotta have this version at the end. And so it ends with that and then some like flashing lights, which also started with the same kind of lights. But anyway, yeah. Um, on that scene, I, I get, on that scene, I, I, I'm still like, it was it was hard because y'all belong together. Like y'all do. Y'all really do belong together. Um, but Justin's going to be fine. Like I, I'm not worried about Brian. I, I was always worried about Justin when they break up. Always worried about him. Worried about him. But I think he's going to be fine this time. Like, I mean, he's going to be, if if this is actual real, we still got six, seven episodes to go. So they always somehow find a way to come back. So um, I think he's going to be fine. But yeah, I just, y'all just get it together. Stop playing. (laughs) Yeah. Get it together. But seeing Brian all sad and shit, I'm just like, oh, Lord, somebody save him. Well, you know, he's spiral. Like, Justin usually... Justin is going to always be the one to bounce back easier, but I feel it's, like. Yeah, but it's Brian who gets... Brian is the one who spirals. He, his coping mechanisms are just terrible. So Non-existent, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, for real. For real, <laughs> yeah. for real. But, um, yeah, that was a good episode. It was a lot going on in that, too. Yeah. Uh, emotionally, a lot. I mean, we got we never really never really get to see Ted go through a, a breakup. Oh, well, that's a lie. We, we see saw, Ted yeah. hurt all the time. Yeah, that's a lie. But yeah, this lie. was just a different way a different where he was hurt. getting to be yeah. the one on top. But... Not mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, because usually we see him getting shit on. Yeah, constantly. that kind of thing. But now he was in the other position, but it's like he almost abused his power. Yeah, true. Oh, he yeah. And he almost so, abused the power. Yeah. And so that, but then he got to see what that felt like. Even if I have this power and can wield it in this way, that might not be what I want yeah, either. Yeah, it's not. So. Yeah, it's not. So we got Ted. Um, we got to see what happened with Brian and uh, and Justin, yeah. and then we saw a blow up between the best friends, Brian and Michael. Like, and that, ooh, yeah, yeah, that was harsh. Mm-hmm, that was um, harsh. So I mean, it was a lot. And then just the whole Nancy and Melanie thing, that was just too much. And then to see, I mean, Nancy and Lindsay, and then to see Melanie and Lindsay, um, and Nancy, Melanie and Lindsay come back, it, not come back. Y'all know what I mean, though. But like happy moments, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, guys, that wraps up the episode, though. So um, let's hear what you guys got to say. Go ahead and weigh in, weigh in, weigh in on this episode here. And until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.